Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. kids that you all as a church are supporting and ministering to. And we just are so thankful, Janet, and I are thankful to be able to be with you today. We're thankful for the support that Roseburg has given to the ministry since 1992. That's a long time, you know, when you think about that. We're celebrating 55 years of service in Mexico, and, and we praise God for that. We're going to be talking today about being champions for Jesus. I think that's your theme for this month. Pressing on toward the goal, being champions for Jesus. And I want to focus particularly on this idea of being champions for Jesus to the fatherless, since that's what we do, right? But I noticed in the video that we had at the beginning of the service, in Africa you all are also ministering to the fatherless. And I believe in Korea you're ministering to the fatherless. It's a very important thing. And the church has worked hard throughout history to care for the fatherless. And there are so many ways that we as a church can continue to serve, continue to bless the children who are in need, whether it's here in Roseburg, and I thank God that you all have uh, your pastors and others as well probably who are being foster parents or who are adopting kids because there are children in Roseburg, in Oregon, in the United States and around the world who need to know Jesus and to need to find hope because some Christian has brought them into their home. Amen? And you know, we, t- we, prayed for, we prayed for Ukraine. There is a strong possibility, probability, that there are going to be many more children who are in need very soon. And how is God going to use the church to minister to that need? Amen? I hope that we can all be thinking about that. Well, I want us to take a look at several scriptures that talk to us as Christians about the, 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 the foundational to our ministry as, as Ninos to Mexico, but they're also foundational to us as a church in how we're supposed to get involved with God in his desire to meet the needs of the fatherless. So I, the first, I want to just talk about this. If we, we need to remember that we serve a God who is father to the fatherless. I don't hear that again. Amen? Amen. If we can get that in our brains first and foremost, it'll help everything else that we do to recognize he is, first of all, a father to the fatherless. Psalm 68, verse 5. If you have your Bibles, turn there. I think it's on on the screen as well. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. From the Old Testament times until now, there have always been widows and orphans. That's just part of life. Widows and orphans who needed support, who needed somebody to help them. Maybe in the past, maybe right now, right? Times of war. Maybe in the past it was hunting accidents or some other type of work that the father was killed. And the children or the spouses needed someone to support them after that. And David is communicating here that God has always had an interest in caring for people who have been left vulnerable, the fatherless and the widows. They're vulnerable because they no longer have that person beside them who is their protector, their provider. They're left to fend for themselves in ways that they never had to do previously. Maybe some of you have lost 
a parent or a spouse. And you know how difficult it is to continue on after that. This loss brings about, especially if the loss of a, of a parent at a young age, brings about a vulnerability that has to be dealt with. We know that these losses affect children emotionally as well as physically. They cause internal doubts. They cause confusion. They cause questioning, questioning about why is this happening? Why did this happen to me? How could the parent leave me alone? Whether that's by death, whether that's by divorce, whether that's by abandonment, we don't know. But we all want and we need to have a person alongside us in the good times and the bad times. And Psalm 68 verse 5 says that God himself has promised to walk alongside the fatherless and the widows. He's promised to care for them and to provide for them. And he recognizes the need and the promises that he promises to be there with them. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we are the ones who are going to walk alongside them oftentimes. So today, and I imagine in biblical times as well, the loss was not just due to, to the death of a parent, though that was a big thing, but it occurs by separation or divorce. Today, oftentimes, it can happen because of drug, drug abuse, right? Mental illness, decisions that a parent makes to, to abandon a child. Uh, and it often in our society, and maybe it's, maybe it's always been this way, I don't know, but, but the abuse, the abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or sexual abuse of the child. And again, maybe this has always been here, but today it's much more in our, in our mind's eye that this abuse is taking place with kids who are vulnerable all around the world. But David gives a promise, and let's look at Psalm 27.10. If you have your Bibles, again, pull those out and use them. Though my father and my mother forsake me, what does it say there? The Lord will receive me. Amen. David promises that the child who no longer has their parent will not walk alone. And that's a great promise. He promises that the Lord will receive them and welcome them in. And this has been a theme verse for Ninos to Mexico from its very beginning. Letting God welcome children in need into his family, into his hands. And you saw again pictures of many of the kids uh, who are with us right now. There are a few in that, in that video that have gone on just recently and, and stepped out on their own and are now living on their own. Now let's go to another verse. Psalm 10, verse 14. It says, but you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are a helper to the fatherless. You are a helper to the fatherless. So as we press on toward the goal of, of pressing on for Jesus, we need to recognize that we serve a God who defends the fatherless. He not only is a father of the fatherless, he is a defender of the fatherless as well. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 18. What's it doing here? I'm not sure. <laughs> Deuteronomy 10, 18. It says there, he defends the cause of the fatherless 
and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. God created the family, right? That was his purpose. That was his plan. His perfect plan was for children to belong to and be in a family. That family is there to protect them, to to provide for them, for their growth, for their development. But when the parent or parents are not present, someone needs to step in, someone needs to protect and defend them. Oftentimes, and we have some friends right across the street from us in St. Louis, that grandma and grandpa stepped in to help with their kids, their grandkids. My, uh, my dad and stepmom, they took in their great-grandkids and stood beside them. It's just one of those things that we all need somebody to step in alongside of us. But at times, nobody in the family cares enough to do so. And the context of the scripture is just after Moses had chiseled out the the new tablets of of the Ten Commandments. He's giving instructions to the Israelites and he's trying to make sure that every person understands who God is, all right? He wants them to understand who God is and what things are important to him. And here he makes it known, again, right after the, the giving of the Ten Commandments, he's saying that God is one who defends the cause of the fatherless and the widows. So there can be no doubt in our mind that our responsibility as Christians is to defend them. He loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And that's what we do in our work at Ninos New Mexico is to defend each child that we have, help them to learn to defend uh, themselves, to care for themselves in the future. He brings them into our care due or through Division of Family Services, like many of you have received foster kids. And they allow us to train them and prepare them to be ready to go forward in life. And so you all are a part of that as well by your giving. You are helping take care of kids like these. They've come to us defenseless due to parents' actions, abandonment, abuse, and God defends their cause, giving them a hope and a future. Another scripture I want us to look at is Psalm chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Psalm 10 17 and 18. There's some really important things here for us. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. This is a powerful scripture, isn't it? Very powerful scripture that demonstrates God's actions to the people in need. It says here that the Lord listens to their heart's desires. Hear the desire of the afflicted. God listens to their heart's desires. When you hear that phrase, what do you think of? What is he listening for? What's that? Yeah, yes, absolutely. What is he listening for? Their hopes? their dreams, their desires that they have in their hearts that oftentimes are, are paralyzed because of what's going on in their life? What's the second thing you see in that scripture that he does? The Lord encourages them. Again, he gives them hope. He gives them a purpose. He gives them direction. He encourages them. What's the third thing you hear, you see? 
listens to their cry. When you think about somebody, a child crying, what do you think about? Well, I guess I put it there. I didn't realize I'd put the answer there for you. (laughs) Their pain. Yeah, God listens to their pain. And when we cry out, for instance, right now, as as we think about the situation in Ukraine, our hearts should be crying out to God for the things that we just prayed about. That pain, and imagine the pain of those people who are living in the, in the subways who are trying to flee the country ahead of all the bombs and all the, the soldiers and the bullets and everything else. That pain that's there. And then what's the fourth thing that we see? He defends them, right? Protects them, fights for them. And this is the most important part. Why does he do all these things? That The last part of that scripture says it. Why does God do this? It says there so that mere earthly mortals will never again, what? Strike terror in their hearts. You know, again, kids who have been put out on the street, kids who have been abused in their homes, there is a terror inside their heart that they, they see somebody and they immediately fear. And that's something that God wants to take away is that, that fear, that, strike, that terror that goes into their hearts and minds. This leads me to my third point today. To be a champion for Jesus, we must look after the fatherless. And I probably should have emphasized the idea that we must look out after the fatherless. James one twenty seven says this, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. As I look at the scripture, he is calling us as a church to partner with him. Amen? He's calling us as a church to care for the needy in our world. He's calling us to be his hands and his feet. He's calling us to move as his spirit leads us to action. And it's one of the ways that we are reflecting his priorities in this world when we move, when we listen, when we become a foster parent, when we become an adoptive parent, when we give so that children who are in need have what they need. You know, it's apparent that many in this world only think about themselves, right? And I think... uh, It seems like through the years that's become more and more a reality. You know, back 50 years, there was a lot more interaction even between neighbors, right? And today, even that's been separated. And thanks to the pandemic, it's even been separated even further. Everybody's even afraid to, shall we shake hands or not shake hands? Shall we take off the mask or not take off the mask? All those things makes us even fearful among ourselves as believers in Christ. And that's not a good thing. But James here is encouraging us to find ways to live out our faith. To uh, encourage us to control and monitor our tongues. And here, earlier he talked about that. And here he's calling us to action with priorities that are on his, God's agenda. Let's look also at Psalm 82 verse 3. And 
this is interesting because he's talking here to the important people of Israel, the leaders of Israel, and he reminds them in this scripture, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Again, he's talking to the leaders of Israel. The most important thing you leaders need to do is to defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. So this is something that's very near to the heart of God. Because honestly, it makes him look bad when we, as his people, do not care for the weak and the poor. If we were to just ignore all of those children who are in need and say, we just not see them, that would be a problem. And it makes God look bad. And I think it breaks his heart when we choose not to partner with him in caring for the fatherless and caring for the weak and caring for the children who no fault of their own, for no fault of their own, they need us to defend them and to work for their well-being. We don't want to make God look bad, do we? We want to make God look good. And so we're going to carry out what he asks. I want to go back to that scripture in Psalm 10, 17, and 18 and apply it to us today. The first thing is, again, hear their heart's desires. When you find somebody in need, when you find somebody who's hurting, the most important thing that you can do is to listen, to hear them, and not just listen so that you can give them an answer, but to listen, to truly hear what their heart's desire is. What are their hopes? What are their dreams? What are the things that they want to see in the future? And then find ways to help them to accomplish that. You know, our kids have a hard time. You saw them at their very best with the smiles on their faces and everything going great, right? But the reality is, it's very difficult for our kids to truly uh, express hope and express their dreams. Because for many years before they came to us, those dreams had been squashed. The idea of them having any hope for the future was, am I even going to have food to eat today? Am I going to even have a place to lay my head today? Is someone going to come into my room tonight and do something that they shouldn't do? And it makes me afraid. Dreams and hopes, they're oftentimes squashed. Uh, about a year ago, I found this message from one of our alumni on uh, Facebook, and it just really caught my heart when I, when I read it. And I want to read part of it to you now and a part a little bit later. The young man who for a period of time was one of our house parents as well, but he says this, many years ago I lived in the streets without any hope and without any dreams. I didn't receive gifts. No one celebrated my birthday, nor Christmas, nor King's Day. The only thing that I might receive was a coin or something to eat in order to get by day by day. That's just that's how so many people in our world live today. And it's very disappointing and discouraging, but we've got to re respond to it. Second thing that, that God calls us to do is to encourage them. Encourage them. Give them hope. Find ways to inspire them to, to live beyond what they think they could or what they are going to do. And we try to do that with our kids. We try to help them find ways that they can see beyond themselves and obviously we do that through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because 
once a kid learns about Jesus and finds hope in Jesus, finds life in Jesus, things can be so much different for them. Um, we, when groups come, and you, as Daniel said, we've had several groups from you guys come down and visit. That's been a great and wonderful thing. And I had honestly forgotten about that trip to, to the hospital. But we ask our kids to do something special whenever a group is in their home. And so we'll ask them, just, you're going to give your name, you're going to give how old you are, if you want, what grade you're in school, and we want you to tell the group what you want to be when you grow up. Now, again, many of these kids never even imagined being anything more than this little kid on the street. So, but why do we do that? We're doing that because we want them to put in their minds, I can be something, I can be someone, I can do something in the future that I never even imagined before. So it's, it's an intentional thing that we try to do to get them to verbalize this dream and this new future that they can have. So I want to go back to, to this young man who wrote on Facebook, and he said this, but one day... God rescued me from the streets, and I ended up at DIF, which is Division of Family Services, and then to Ninos to Mexico. There, everything changed. I even received more than one gift. Thank you, God, for giving me that opportunity. And then he said this to his friends on his Facebook page. Friends, if you have an extra gift or a little extra food, don't throw it away or sell it. Share your blessings. And one day you will help give hope. So every child or to every child or homeless person. And that just, again, it touched my heart and I hope it touches your heart because you are involved in helping us to change these kids' lives. Well, third thing there is listen to their cry listen to their pain, understand what's going on. We, uh, our house parents and psychologists have their work cut out for them. They really do, trying to help each child to feel special and being able to listen to this pain that, they're, uh, let's put it this way, when they come to us, we get this little story about who they are and what's happened to their, in their lives. And it's, it's a story that They've told the Division of Family Services, and, or maybe they've heard it from other people. But it never fails that once they get into our home, the story immediately becomes much, much bigger and much, much worse than we ever imagined. Because before that, they've been afraid to even talk about it. But God uses the work of the house parents, God uses the work of the psychologist to help them to deal with that pain, to listen to them and to, uh, to, to move in their lives. And we're doing something, we haven't been able to do this before, it's just recently been in Spanish, but they have something, and I'm sure that Daniel and Darren and others have gone through this, trauma-informed care. It's a, a philosophy that helps people who are working with kids like this to recognize how their past trauma has, has shaped them and how it, it, it moves in every aspect of their lives. So our house parents are being trained again uh, with this idea of trauma-informed care. And I want to tell you about a little bit about our, we do medical side of things too. And 
right now we're without a doctor on staff, but we have several doctors working alongside us. But a few years ago, we took in a family of five kids, and three of those kids had been terribly, terribly abused physically, let alone emotionally and mentally. And one of the things we do when we take in a child is we document anything that, that should be, uh, that could be prob problematic for us as an institution later on in life to understand where the kid's coming from. And so we had two doctors, one was an American, one was a Mexican, who checked out each of the, of the children. And as they were checking out the kids, they came to a point where they actually had to leave the room and you could just see, we were outside waiting and watching and just kind of hanging out there. And when they came out, you could just see they were almost white. And they, they said to me, that said, we just had to step away because we've never seen this kind of abuse before in our lives. And it was uh, shocking and difficult and uh, we can praise God for this. The, the kids are doing fairly well. And uh, two of the three that were badly, badly uh, disfigured have been uh, seen by plastic surgeons. All three have been seen by plastic surgeons, but two of them have actually had surgeries. And the third one is due for surgery real soon. So you can praise God for that. But it's just one of those things that is so difficult for the kids to, to deal with. And you are helping. So hear the cry from their hearts. And then lastly, defend them. Protect them, fight for them, do whatever you can to help them. We need to make sure that as we reach out to the fatherless, again, whether it's here in Roseburg, whether it's across the world, that we're doing all within our power to stand with them, to protect them, um, and to do what we can to defend them. Well, as I close up, I just want to thank you again as a congregation for helping to look out for the fatherless. God is using you in a mighty way to change kids' lives. This is a picture of, of the different families that we have. 101 kids right now are being uh, used, are being ministered to in eight different families. And uh, you see the three older boys there at the top as well. They were in our dormitory program back then. We're thankful that, and you can be thankful, that they have a safe place to live and to grow and to become the people that God wants them to become. We're thankful for those in your congregation that sponsor children down at Ninos. And if any of you would be interested, we have some flyers out there on the table. We'd love to have you join us as a sponsor to a child in Mexico. You can communicate with them and uh, receive messages from them, and it's a great opportunity for you to touch their lives in a special way. So there is a need for the church to reach out. I don't know statistics here in this area, but I imagine there are many kids who are stuck in the foster care program or can't get into a home. What can this church do to reach out to those children? Could some of you provide a home? Could some of you provide uh, love and care and support and find, help them to find hope in a future? And there may be children who are in need of being adopted. 
And again, it's the church that can stand forward and move in a mighty way to change kids' lives. May God use you in a mighty way. May God continue to bless you as a congregation. And may God help you to be champions for Jesus and champions as you reach out and touch the fatherless. Amen? And this is just a slide about an organization uh, called CAFO, the Christian Alliance for Orphans. If you have more, need more information about the different ways you can get involved in foster care or adoptions, this is a great uh, website to take a look at. And uh, you can also look at our website, ninosdemexico.org, for that. Let's, let's stand and let's, and let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for who you are and for the example that you've given to us how you love and care for and defend the fatherless, the widows, those who are in need. Lord, in, in this world we know that there are many who are still in need, who still have a, don't have hope, don't have a future. And we're just praying, God, that you would work through this church and through your church around the world to make a difference in those kids, those people's lives. God, we want to be your hands. We want to be your feet. We want to be the ones who take the message so that these kids can have the hope that they need. Thank you, God, for this church. Thank you for its history of caring, the history of expanding your kingdom in this zone. And may you continue to lead uh, the ministers, pastors, and, and uh, elders, others here, that they will continue to reach out to do what you want them to do. And Lord, may you receive all the praise and the honor and the glory always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.